Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bhatti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique complementary system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show here on the UK Health Radio Network. I'm Atik Madbati. I do hope you are well and of course hope and pray you're in the best of health. My guest on today's show is Palin Brzezeski, a homeopath from the UK. Palin specialises in the treatment of complex conditions from hormonal to musculoskeletal, neurological to developmental with a special focus on trauma, toxicity and deficiencies. Palin describes her prescribing as a multi-layered approach that encompasses the significance of the spiritual as rooted in the nuts and bolts of human chemistry. In the constant pursuit of learning, Palin draws on the wisdom of Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, nourishing traditions, new biology and, of course, homeopathy. Palin also runs the group Homeopathy for Trauma and Grief. Palin Brzezeski, thank you so much. Welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show podcast here on UK Health Radio. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, wonderful to see you. I know you've had a very, um, let's say, a busy day, or should I say hectic or manic? <laughs> it's been a busy day, but it's been a very homeopathic day, actually. I was, uh, I've was i just come from a seminar with uh, Ton Yonsen, actually, as it happens, which we'll be talking about. Oh, interesting. That's uh, I know that you've mentioned on, on your website as well, and that goes into some of the uh, experience and, and learning and training that you've had. So I'm going to be fascinated, or should I say, uh, we're all going to be fascinated to hear more. Palin, I wanted to start with actually your journey to homeopathy. And on your website, which is formandheal.com, you've mentioned something uh, you know very, very interesting, which is that your first experience of homeopathy was about 20 years ago. And uh, this was really to do with you um, suffering from recurrent infections. But uh, even though homeopathy came to uh, to your aid as such uh, and resolved the problem, it didn't convert you as such into homeopathy. But something else triggered your, um, let's say, reinvigoration and interest in homeopathy. So do share. Yeah, my first encounter with homeopathy is quite amusing, actually. I'd suffered a chronic uh, recurrent issue, uh, infections, and it was actually my brother who was working in a health food shop at the time, uh, and he said to me, why don't you try belladonna? Um, I took probably about three doses and the issue never returned. However, um, I didn't connect that it was anything to do with the remedy for until years afterwards. Uh, and on reflection, I just couldn't understand how a tiny little sugar pill 
could have could be capable. Um, so I parked that and I had really come from a place of being very drawn to alternative therapies, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, myofascial, anything I could learn, but not homeopathy. Um, it wasn't until really I had my daughter when she was a baby and very, very ill that homeopathy really found me. And that's when everything really began. So what what uh, what was the next step as such? What did you do to get, you know, out of your interest in homeopathy? What what did you do? I mean, how did you move towards becoming a homeopath? Well, what fascinated me most was um, it was the miasms. I was absolutely fascinated. And of course, as as someone who's not a practitioner, trying to find information on the miasms, I just couldn't really find anything substantial, but I was absolutely compelled to learn. And I just felt I had no choice. I had to study. So I enrolled at the College of Homeopathic Education based in London. Um, and that's where everything started. And lo and behold, I was suddenly in a honours degree course and I was committed to serious, intense training um, it wasn't, you know, I think it was about three years in until I realized this is not a hobby course. This is this is a serious thing that I'm doing here. Um, but I was just compelled. I mean, it was just uh, I, I absolutely fascinated. And I I was uh, very passionate about my studies and I still am. I've, I've continually studied ever since for 13 years now. Um, postgraduate courses, uh, training with various homeopaths. I'm, I'm just continually uh, interested in, in learning and evolving my thinking, understanding about homeopathy and beyond that, biology, chemistry, people, the world around us and myself. Wow, that's uh, that's busy. I mean, do you find like uh, like other homeopaths? I'm, I'm sure uh, I, I certainly find myself um after after you know several years in this field of healing of of homeopathy you find that you start to be very observation you know plays a key part in understanding people and in fact you uh, you know the, the skill arises where you start to observe and this is in a positive way i mean because when you observe you actually learn more sometimes than than just speaking to somebody but uh, through observation a lot can be done because a great amount of help can happen as a result of just observation, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think as you, you know, move through uh, and become, you know, time passes and you learn to let go of your clipboard that you cling on to at the start when you're, when you're in the student clinic and you write less and less notes and you just allow that space between yourself um, and the person that you're, you're, you're working with. Um, absolutely. And I think one of the really interesting um uh, ideas that came to mind is uh, a homeopath recommending that you, I remember recommending that you take art lessons, life drawing lessons, because really you're in a space where you have to truly observe the person. Um, and I thought that was, that was a really interesting practice. So I did, did sort of include that in my um, part of my experience, but yeah, observation, whether you're online or in person is really key. You know, the other thing, there's actually a real beauty about this because uh, yeah, the listeners might be thinking, what do you mean observation? But when you actually understand somebody's mannerisms and traits and and you get to the uh, get to this stage where you can, I can't say, I can't use the word you can understand them, but you can certainly 
be on on a similar frequency to them so that you know what they're going through and observation is a very very powerful tool it's it shouldn't be underrated because if you actually know somebody and you know deep down that they are going through things just by observation and trust me you can know a lot just by that itself it puts you in a very good strong position purely from the angle of being able to help somebody because you actually know where to begin rather than let's say let's begin on the bottom rung of the ladder you think well now hang on we have six or seven rungs up you know uh steps up as such on on the ladder itself and and you can have that conversation and because of that conversation you resonate with them and if you resonate well 50 percent of the healing's done isn't it absolutely and that's what i explained to people and, and what i realized myself is it's not just about well-chosen remedies it's about the consultation, the exchange, the collaboration is just as significant. And in terms of observation, you can even pick that up from the emails that people will write to you. You know, the way someone fills in their intake form, even before you meet them, you, you, there's already a, 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 you know, qualities that you can you can pick up from a person um, just, just by those means. So, yeah, it's really key. I wanted to know about human chemistry integrated therapy sounds fascinating and i know it's a, a lot of it is to do with um, what you've already mentioned which is to do with toxicity deficiencies and trauma as well you know deficiency itself i mean that's a whole new subject isn't it because it's so everyone's deficient in something nowadays you know when you look at it from a, a, a nourishment a, a vitamin mineral point of view but uh, do tell me do share what human chemistry integrated therapy is. And also do share if there's a, a, a shorter version to that, because uh, my mouth has just become very dry <laughs> saying that twice. <laughs> yeah, it is a mouthful. Um, we call it HC, HC for short. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, I've, so I've been studying um, for five years now with Ton Janssen on an ongoing basis. Ton is an, a Dutch-based uh, Dutch homeopath, where well, he's Dutch. Uh, and he um, has developed this methodology, which is really intriguing. I would describe it, it's very technical. Ton is a very technical prescriber. Uh, he comes from a, a, a botanical background um, and he uh, and an anthroposophical homeopathic background, which really, um, it, I, I was just at the point of feeling like I have done enough studying, enough courses this is this is it now. And I picked up fighting fire with fire because I had a case where I could see antibiotics um, were really blocking, you know, they, it was a real obstacle to cure. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to enroll in any courses, but I'm going to read this book, Fighting Fire with Fire. And I was really inspired by the energy that came through in this book. And then I ended up um, uh, studying with Ton. But it's a, so it's a very technical method. Um, people describe it as a, a, a sort of a protocol prescribing, but I don't see it like that at all. I see it's very dynamic. What I what I do find um, really elegant about the method is the framework that Tom provides, which you know homeopathy to me is very much like weaving, and Tom's framework is like the weft in it, 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 the warp in a weave, so the straight lines, and then we can dynamically sort of um, weave the energy in between. So uh, it, it's very much focused on balancing the body cleansing the body where the toxicity where there is toxicity and that can be traumatic emotional mental toxicity as well they're not separate 
Um, there's a lot of use of SAR codes, so body own remedies, nosodes, and tortopathics. Uh, and that that's really, it's very much the framework that I use when I uh, go to clear substances from the system that I see are impeding flow in the system and uh, are pr- proving to be an obstacle. I was speaking to Tony Pincus from Ainsworth Pharmacy, and, and he was talking about uh, tautopathy and tautopathic remedies. How have you found, what's your experience with that? Because I know that not a lot of homeopaths are actually aware that this uh, system within under the umbrella of homeopathy is actually available to be able to counter uh, counter uh, act counter effect the um, side effects you know of conventional medicine yeah i think it's i think it's increasingly important especially well absolutely in my practice and i feel that it's it, it, it within the context of a script so i would never prescribe tautopathy uh, by itself i would always prescribe it within a context of other remedies However, uh, the results I have seen when there is the precise, the direct messaging to the system that amidst the context of liver support, um, miasmatic support and so forth, that this specific prednisone we need to um, uh, ask, invite the system to eliminate. And I've, I've seen, you know, ultimately this is always about results and the results that I've seen from this treatment of my colleagues who also practice in in, in their own ways using uh, the HC method. It, it's really extraordinary, actually, and cases that seem very much uh, uh, stuck. They've been through many types of uh, practices and different types of practitioners or at the end of the line with medical treatment, and they don't know what to do. This becomes an excellent um, modality to, to use. So, yeah. Can you give us any examples? I'd love to give you an example, actually. So I've recently had a patient come with a follow-up from her first appointment. And um, the opening remedy was uh, very much on historical trauma and loss and a real deep sense of sadness in, in this lady. And then the daily dose to support her system, her presenting issue is um, pre-diabetes, sugar uh, addiction, poor diet and so forth, and all the many uh, issues that have come alongside this and, re- and, and, and really wanting to change. Uh, very susceptible to fungus, very susceptible to uh, allergens and so forth. So a very complex case. Very, very interesting how things work. But in any case, we have to work with a hierarchy when we come to prescribing tortopathics. So just because something was taken recently, we would not work back in a lineal way. We work back in terms of a hierarchy. So in this lady's situation, prednisone was a a drug that I felt was at the very top of uh, this hierarchy for her. So this was very much part of the framework, a combination of bowel nosodes. It's more complex than just the bowel nosodes. It has candida and um, sarcodes and all sorts in there. So it's an incredible combination. And sugars in potency and some really interesting neurotransmitter remedies uh, in potency and cholesterolinum. In any case, uh, she came back for her follow-up and she'd actually written to me because uh, before then, and then um, uh, had her follow-up with me and told me she had experienced Lyme disease and co-infections as part of her complex story. 
And um, for the past 12 years, she'd had this bone pain and issue, sorry, on her calf, where she was initially bitten by a tick. Over the course of this very first prescription, so this hadn't even come into the the first session because there were so many other things going on. Um, It turned out that over the course of this prescription, she started to feel pain uh, in that section where she'd had a lump form uh, in her bone where the tick had bitten her. And uh, she was unsure about it and was in the shower one day and was rubbing felt the need to rub this area and it suddenly burst open um, into a wound and discharged. Ultimately, what happened was the bone spur, which had been there for the, you know, over a decade, has completely resolved um, and the wound healed over. And even the point where there was a darkened scar from where the bite had initially happened has completely cleared. So it's absolutely fascinating. This was not even part of my intention of prescribing, but the intention of prescribing is about removing the obstacles to cure and to support her underlying weakened systems and and so forth and dealing with the original trauma. Anyway, all of that in the mix, her vital system decided to use this to, to, to start cleaning up house and that's what it decided to do first. So, so that is it, it, just a beautiful uh, depiction of how extraordinary the results can be. And this is a very recent case. That's a really powerful story as far as the wonders of healing that are possible as far as homeopathy is concerned. It's very interesting what you're saying, because as you were, as, as you were sharing that, I was just thinking that when we're sick, uh, generally we call up a GP or you go, you know, for over-the-counter prescription stuff or, or non-prescription rather, should I say, or, you know, God forbid you, you call uh, the emergency services or you call the hospital, you know, you end up in A&E. But that's all fine and well and medicine has its place. But, you know, it's fascinating that when you look at trauma and when you look at toxicity, that there is so much that needs to be done because it's like all the experience and the memories that we have, all the experience we have as human beings, but then all what makes us individual is our own personal experiences from childhood. And we learn, we, we learn as soon as we're born, it's, it's one big learning curve right up until, you know, our time is, 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 is done here on, on, on earth, you know, and it's time to go. But, um, that's the same with with disease or disease because you're building up layers and layers of toxicity, aren't you? And sometimes they come in. Um, it's almost like peaks and troughs. You know, they all. You know, they say it doesn't rain, it pours. And sometimes that can happen, or sometimes you're constantly facing uh, trauma um, of various kinds. Uh, let's say take um, domestic violence, for example. I, I treat a number of patients who who do come. And they need help with that because of the trauma that they've suffered as a result of that violence. And it's not new. It's been going on for such a long time. And it changes you. It changes your psyche. But it also makes you very toxic, as in not as in a toxic individual, but as in toxicity that, I mean, affects the way that you function. It affects your organs. But it all starts, doesn't it, uh, right at the top, you know, from the experiences and what you've been through. And uh, I think it's fascinating what you're doing. and. Um, that's actually the next uh, question I'm going to ask you is as far as trauma is concerned, what, what are your experiences? What's your insight there and how to deal with that as uh, as far as your protocols are concerned? Well, I, you know, homeopathy is a really interesting healing modality when it comes to addressing trauma. 
you know, the very nature of shock and trauma is that often we don't realize that we're shocked or traumatized. You know, of course, our body remembers and it will affect our behavior, manners and so forth. But but um, it, it, it can be subtle. There are the obvious traumas of accident, injury, loss. But trauma can be moving house when you attend. It can be the perceived humiliation when you're a teenager at school. Um, it can be slow release trauma of someone who's had declining health for a long period of time and they realize that wh- who they are now is different from how they used to, used to be pre-illness. So, you know, and often trauma is experienced during pregnancy or birth. So it's been with the person their whole lives. They don't know anything different. And then we can go beyond this to ancestral, the ancestral story. So the inherited patterns of trauma. uh, And again, that's just innate within the person's experience. And so actually, what's really amazing about homeopathy is we don't actually need to know the details of uh, a trauma, because we can read it through um, the symptoms and signs um, that the body is expressing. So that becomes, um, uh, I just think it's, it's, and also where trauma is too painful to talk about, where someone can't even, you know, there isn't even the words to express it. So I think it's uh, it's we have some really important homeopathic tools in in homeopathic uh, in um, trauma treatment, um, and actually the I think the real gifts uh, that I use in my practice are the new materia medica um, remedies. The work by the guilds of homeopaths, Colin Griffith, Janice McAuliffe, have been really formative in my practice. I think they're. Remedies for our times, very, very important remedies. And everything from plants, minerals, crystals, light remedies, radiation remedies. And so within the context, again, of using HC method, I will always uh, be drawn to weaving these different types of remedies into uh, my practice when treating trauma. Because for me, trauma is like a toxin. It, it, there's a depth charge, but it's almost like a concrete layer that comes into a person, embeds itself in a person's soil and inculcates in um, a state. So whether that's miasmatic or, you know, whatever neg- negative expression may be, it fixes it in place. And so what we're doing with homeopathic treatment is we're not making it go away. We're holding a mirror up to the system to to be able to reflect back the state it's holding on to. And then the system can make a decision on how to start to create movement in the system so we can start the healing process. Now, the healing process itself, you mentioned deficiencies and, and toxicity. So is there a lot of uh, drainage remedies that are used? I mean, are they? is it more of a, a cleansing of side effects first, or is it draining to get to a ground level, uh, you know, ground zero as such, you know, so you can start back up as far as restoration of health? Yeah, absolutely. So organ support, strengthening drainage is all really important. Absolutely important. Always liver and kidneys, uh, you know, are really key, but other systems as well. Lymphatic um, system is key. And, you know, it depends. It depends on, the, you know, the features of the case. But uh, I, I always want to do that because to hold elimination, whether it's trauma, toxins, whatever it may be, there needs to be that scaffolding to to hold that work. And that can be tissue salts. Um, it can be all our, our well-known, loved 
um, organ drainage supported uh, remedies. And there are many new remedies, again, with the Guild's work, excellent remedies that that can be used in that way. You mentioned the Guild, and uh, as as, uh, hopefully the listeners will know that Colin Griffith uh, was on the podcast a, a few weeks or a few months ago now, and he was talking about his new book. One of the remedies in that new book is is a more detailed analysis of the remedy ferrum magneticum. My God, is that a good remedy? You know, it's such a timely remedy, and it's amazing. It's so in depth that just a few doses are are sufficient to be able to to see it working. You know, yeah, uh, amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And it is, it's just an example of, of the remedies of our times. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think what's, what's really uh, special about this uh, series of remedies um, are that they are very spiritual. They're very, um, you know, Colin weaves in a, a real appreciation of life purpose and a person's true path. And really what I learned most from Colin is that healing is not about um, making the symptoms go away. We have to be heading somewhere. We need a horizon and, you know, life purpose. I can see how uh, I, um, I didn't really appreciate how important that was until I'd started really uh, becoming more in depth in my practice so, you know, the, the, these types of remedies really have keynotes that um, emanate around those themes. Now, that actually aptly moves us on to deficiencies. We all know that because of overproduction to feed the masses and, you know, overproduction and farming itself, the minerals that we need are very much depleted. And of course, you know, we we have the option to take multivitamins, which a majority of people have now started to do. But it's really worrying, isn't it? Because so many people now uh, present themselves with ailments, which are actually a result of something really, really simple. And sometimes it can be just a mineral deficiency, which is creating a myriad of complications in well-being. Oh, it, it's so true. And and as much as possible, simplifying things, although scripts can be, for, for myself, can be complex, simplifying things are so important. And we have to differentiate what is the drug effect that we're dealing with? What is the, what is a weak liver? You know, what is the component there? And what is the fact that actually this person is low in iodine? You know, so we can go through this absolute um, chasing our tail just just through you know going through the medical system seeing many different practitioners and actually it can be a lot you know inadequate levels of magnesium or not taking the right type of bioavailable magnesium so yeah this we have to look at this as practitioners it doesn't need to be our specialty as as such but we really need to understand this and of course we have magnesium iodine all of these are in our remedy pictures as well um but sometimes we need the actual material you know really what we eat today becomes the cells that we make tomorrow so so sometimes we we just need that and again this is part of the scaffold building that we need to um uh, mm. need to work on and it's always very inde- you know dependent on the individual i do think when it comes to deficiencies the other gift of homeopathy is when we're working, I always refer to it as working further upstream. When we do this on the energetic body, we become more capable of assimilating these nutritive substances when we do eat them. We can have the best 
uh, supplements in the world. But if we have leaky tissues and we're leaking and we have, you know, a weak liver and kidneys and so forth, we could, could be completely um, uh, not utilizing these to their maximum sort of potential. Homeopathy is not just about coughs and colds and it, it can it can resolve so many deep issues within the body. And of course, toxicity and you mentioned heavy metals and and so many other things like trauma, like we've mentioned, and in today's society, very much emotional imbalances, mental health conditions. It's just amazing because when you see that something, you know, these these small, minute doses which trigger the vital force, and actually, where the vital force is so depleted, they actually it's like a candle, isn't it? And the flame is just going out, and and with homeopathy, that flame starts to burn, and it gets brighter and brighter, and it's back to how it was supposed to be. And that in itself is just, it's a miracle, isn't it? It's the miracles of homeopathy. That's what it is. Yeah, it, 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 and it's miraculous. And what's it's exciting for us as practitioners when we see these responses, um, not because of, uh, you know, isn't it wonderful what was chosen? What's really incredible is how amazing the body's intelligence and wisdom is. All it needs is to have the obstacles, the toxins, the traumas removed and it knows what it's doing, where it's deficient, it needs that support, and 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 it will run with it, okay? And it doesn't matter how extreme the, patho- uh, the pathology is, we will see a healing response with the right messaging provided to that person. It is amazing. I mean, uh, I've had so many examples where I, I see people who are suffering from so much trauma and grief, and, and sometimes it's just a single dose or, or a few doses or a combination, whatever it is, you know, at that time which is needed, it's the results are just amazing because you can the remedies we're just a tool a facilitator as homeopaths so you're just facilitating the, between you know the the patient and the remedy as such almost you could say but when you find that somebody recovers and they're able to get on with your life and all that they've had is these minute energy signals and the body is intelligent enough to understand those signals and say do you know what I need to heal myself. But before I do that, I need to sort this out because it's going to stop my healing. So let me sort that out. It's like going through roadworks, isn't it? The road is blocked. Now, unless you, you can't just bulldoze your way through the through the blockage. You you have to remove the the, the, the cones and, and, and whatever is in between. And, and then you can open the road and it's a clear path to recovery. And um, I, I'm not sure if that's actually a, a very good example, but Hopefully, it's enough to sort of paint the picture of, of what homeopathy is uh, is able to do as far as healing is concerned, as far as clearing that path. Palin, I was going to ask you, this is fascinating, you know, we could talk for hours. Heavy metal toxicity, what's your take on this? Because nowadays, I mean, we've spoken about um, nutritional deficiencies, uh, minerals and, and vitamins, but heavy metal toxicity in our generation currently, it's prevalent, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a really good point because we're not here to slog through every single toxin we've ever encountered because that's just, it, we don't need to do that. We just need to work in terms of, you know, the hierarchy uh, and and what we've, the hierarchy of toxicity um, is very key. Of course, heavy metal toxicity is, is important, but it's definitely not something that I would rush either. Um, it's something that I would want to build a person up to be able to hold. But also deficiency becomes a really key component to to the scaffold building process because the body prefers 
the lovely magnesium, the calcium building block, the phosphorus. It doesn't want the mercury, the aluminium and so forth. So there's that careful exchanging um, of uh, of substances um, and encouraging the eliminative pathway so that we can ensure a gentle elimination. But heavy metal clearing can be very heavy going. So it's something that um, I would I see as key and important, but not something that I would rush into depending on the situation, um, something that I'd want to prepare for and something that I'd work within the context of what I feel is the most presenting um, obstacle. Uh, but it is absolutely key. And, and also, you know, this, this opens the other questions I have around testing because we can test for heavy metals and we can, you know, it's like when you do a hair test and it can show you that you are eliminating, eliminating a lot of mercury, or it can show that you are clear from mercury, but it could mean it's all stored in your tissues and you're not eliminating. So, so actually what we, what I always go back to is what is the person's presenting symptoms? What are they telling me? What is their vital force telling me? Um, and rather than relying, I know they can be helpful tests and so forth. What are they, what is their symptom picture? And we can look at our materia medica and look at the mercury picture, look at the aluminium picture and see when we feel it's appropriate. We can see their mouth is full of amalgam and then we can take the appropriate steps. But yes, it's definitely very dependent on the person. Now, something a bit lighthearted, I think. I was going to ask you, actually, do you have any hobbies? Do you get a, I think we were talking off uh, just before the recording off air and uh, the way you described your day, uh, I think I'd be surprised if you had time for a hobby. <laughs> it's the same as me. I just don't, I, I mean, actually, having said that, I do do a bit of gardening and the results are nice. I do find that very calming, but hey. <laughs> I am, um, uh, I I'm a plate spinner and I I have that very tubercular nature of time is running out and so and I'm passionate about so many things. So I do like to do a lot of things. I love cooking and eating and theater and music um and uh you, you know physical I love dancing. Absolutely love dancing when I get the time although less so nowadays. Yeah, so many things. I listen to many podcasts. Um, I'm interested. Uh, one of the things I'm going to be uh, studying is the new biology with Dr. Tom Cowan. So I'm really excited about that and what that's going to add to my practice and and that whole new way of thinking. So um, I wouldn't call that a hobby, though. But yeah, it's uh, uh, there are many things I really enjoy doing. It's it's important to give uh, to have me time, isn't it? It's very very important. Yeah. It's important to to have me time because your body needs to replenish and it needs to be grounded because a lot of vibrations can be picked up with patients um, when you're treating somebody. And those also need to go somewhere. They, there needs to be a release for the practitioner as well as the patient. It, it, it's really crucial actually. And I've always, you know, I, I just, you know, hit the ground running with things but I you know dealing with working with people uh, in trauma especially you know the things that you hear 
uh, and you learn about people and what's possible in the world is is you know can be very dark at times so you're really right and actually practitioners have a tendency to burn out so it's really important we look after ourselves and in fact I didn't say one of my most favorite things to do and that's to go to the spa um I am a big spa person I love being really hot and really cold um and uh, yeah that is my absolute um favorite thing to do I have to say brilliant that's good to know as well actually that's very good to know what's on the horizon for you because you seem to be doing so much what uh what do you want to sort of where do you want to see yourself in the next sort of five to ten years where do you want to be and maybe in between that there might be a book on the way i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean i really um interested in continuous continuing to evolve because I know I'm sort of almost 10 years in practice now and I know that the people I really consider to be real mentors and inspirations are 30 years under their belt and so I'm looking forward to what that must feel like um so continuing to work to work towards that um I mentioned the new biology I'm really interested in challenging the assumptions in science and biology and really weaving that into my understanding as a practitioner really looking forward to doing that I love travel so um I my mother's actually Thai and maybe at some point I'll be setting up a a lovely tropical Thai based uh point of practice which would be amazing and a well a wellness center the the Thai homeopathic wellness center Absolutely. Well, I mean, Thai, the Thai tradition is also already amazing because it has uh, wonderful uh, herbal and bodywork um, therapies. It's incredible. And, you know, traveling to India, I love Ayurveda. Um, I've started um, working with the Ayuskama clinic in uh, uh, Ayurvedic practice up in the Himalayas. Um, and I'd like to re- pick up my studies with Dr. Shah there. And um, yeah, just continue traveling and learning. Amazing. That really sounds, that sounds really wonderful. Hey, you never know. If I get a chance, I'll join you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go towards the Himalayas. I was speaking to uh, Camilla Sher in one of the earlier podcasts, and she is in uh, Tanzania, and she has homeopathy for health in Africa there. And she occasionally sends pictures through, or she shares them on social media, you know, of the Himalayas. And, and you think, wow. And then I look at where I am, and I think, hmm, you know, <laughs> you, you know, and I'm thinking something, something didn't go right, did it? <laughs> so, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get one of those. You know, you get the decals now, and you can paint. You can have a, a picture of a, an artificial window with, with like birds singing outside, and it's yeah. straight on the wall. Is a sticker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny how effective those things can be, like the fireplace that burns in the television. <laughs> it does though honestly though it is isn't it yeah. isn't it unless you've got somebody very irate and they're saying what's that noise what's that what's yeah. that crackling noise you know yeah. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> the absolutely. tv's on fire help help <laughs> it's not it's not it's it's, well, it's, 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 it's i've got to say it's amazing how effective just having a background soundtrack of birdsong on just subtle birdsong it actually takes you into a place even though you're working in you know, working on your cases on your computer, it feels like you're in a forest in a way. It's quite extraordinary. It is, absolutely. Helen, with your myriad of experience here, I'm not sure these next two questions, whether you're going to find them difficult or not, but I do ask uh, my guests now and again, 
But I wanted to ask you, what are your, what is your favorite remedy or remedies? Do share. Oh, it's like asking me what my favorite tune is. Really difficult to say. Um, so many. What do I love? I love the remedy yellow. The remedy yellow, which is a color remedy, one of Colin Griffith's remedies. I just find that such an incredible remedy. Yeah, I just think it's amazing. And it gives, there's a real courage that comes with that remedy that expands back to karmic wounds. And it's very practical. It really resonates with the base, you know, our base fears, but also our liver. So it's a real courage inspiring remedy. And I find it really gives people courage to um, to undergo the healing process as well. It's a beautiful support. So that's that's one of my favorites that pops into my mind. I love uh, I mean, I love the SAR codes. I love I love them all. But uh, remedies like pineal gland um, mm. and I find the pineal glands a very interesting remedy. And I've seen beautiful responses to it. Um, so that's that's one of my key remedies. And then there'll be a uh, hundred and one other remedies that I'll think of when we finish speaking. But yeah, they're the two that <laughs> interesting choice of remedies, indeed. I've always found the color remedies work really, really well um, for organs. They're yeah. really applicable, and and there's a lot of depth in those, and uh, they should never be uh, underrated. You know, they are actually very deep acting and, and, and remedies with amazing results. Yeah, I, I, it's so true. And I find the, the, the gem remedies as well are extraordinary. They're obvious that they're almost like a uh, gems are like and crystals are like light uh, materialized, aren't they? And so, you know, and of course, with the combinations that you can create, I love making triad remedies. I, I practice a lot with triad remedies and I find it so creative. I mean, homeopathy is a very creative practice. But, you know, having the color there and you can augment uh, a quality, the qualities of the other remedies that you're adding into these triads, you know, you can have something very um, intense and profound. The real, A real key remedy like thymus gland is another fam- uh, favorite remedy of mine. And with a color remedy and a crystal remedy or with a, you know, with a, a, another, um, you know, even with a polycrest and it really creates something more than the sum of its parts. So this is all very, it's all very exciting stuff, really. So, um, but any remedy can be fascinating. I mean, I used to remember when I um, first started, I thought bryonia was the most boring remedy in the world until one day when I needed bryonia and my <laughs> head was spinning. Uh, it was horrendous. And I had a moment where a line from a lecture came into my head and I was kind of feeling my way to get remedy after remedy. And suddenly bryonia came into my mind. This was just after I'd finished um, uh, studying. And it was it was like a miracle. <laughs> it was like a miracle. I will never underestimate, you know, these these so-called um, uh, old remedies again. So now I appreciate all remedies. My mine were, my one was uh, calendula. Um, I, again, until I needed it, and until I found how effective it is for healing wounds post surgery and so forth, you know, um, tissue damage and whatnot. So yeah. It's uh, it's something to be experienced with, isn't it? You can never write anything. I think every single homeopathic remedy that's in use is has the phenomenal healing capabilities. It's just you have to experience them. 
Absolutely. And actually, it's really interesting you mentioned calendula because we all get used to it as the wound healer and is an, it has an amazing effect. But when we start to increase, you know, potency is really interesting. And when we start to raise the vibration of calendula, it becomes the most extraordinary remedy. I mean, in terms of the ancestral wounds and, you know, we have root, like cut wounds that we have on our flesh. And then as we raise the vibration in potency, we have the ancestral karmic wounds and calendula mm. is excellent remedy to consider in that aspect. So the, these seemingly quiet remedies have, you know, so much to explore and to learn about. Pauline Brzezinski, it's been an honor uh, to have you as a guest on the Homeopathy Health Podcast. There's so much left, actually, to talk about. And I do hope later this year you will come back and we can talk some more about uh, your experiences and insights um, in as far as homeopathy is concerned. But uh, I really wanted to thank you. I mean, I think it's uh, what you've shared is is, is very, um, very timely. Thank you for having me. It's been great. So I look forward to talking to you very, very soon. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I look forward to speaking to you again. Fantastic. I do hope you've enjoyed the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Tune in next time for more things homeopathy, interviews and segments on the healing possibilities that homeopathy can bring you. And don't forget to visit UK Health Radio online at www.ukhealthradio.com to see the many other amazing shows available to listen live and on demand. Or why not download the app from the iOS and Android stores. Until next time, stay safe and take care.